Welcome to the first episode of Autism Outreach. Today, we are going to chat about what you can expect from the podcast, the topics we will focus on, my journey in the world of autism, and why you should subscribe, write a review, and tune in for more episodes. You're listening to Autism Outreach Podcast, a podcast full of ready-to-use strategies to help those with autism strengthen their communication skills. Here's your host, Rose Griffin of ABA Speech, a speech therapist and board-certified behavior analyst who shares tips you can use in your next therapy session. My goal is to make this a weekly podcast, so a new episode will come out each and every week. The episodes will be about 30 minutes in length. I will do a combination of some solo shows like I'm doing today where I talk about a topic. Today, we're going to do an introduction to the podcast and talk about my journey. And I'm also going to share my number one tip when working with students with autism that we oftentimes forget. And also, we will do interviews, which I'm very excited for some of the interviews that we have lined up. Here at Autism Outreach, we will cover a variety of topics that focus on communication. Topics like augmentative communication, social skills, telepractice, creating IEPs that are functional for our students, goal development can always be difficult, taking data that's meaningful that will help us plan for our scope and sequence of intervention, working together as a team, collaborative services are so very important for students with autism, and helping students engage in therapy. How do we help our students be engaged when we're providing therapy services? And parent coaching. Parent coaching is so very important because we know that we need to embed communication across a student's day. So those are just some of the topics that we will talk about on autism outreach. But we will have a focus here on this podcast about how to help individuals with communication-based skills. You name it, if it has to do with communication, and we will address it. If you are working with students or have your own child with autism and want to learn more about communication strategies you can use in your next session, then you are in the right place. You may already know a little bit about me from maybe being on my email list or hearing me do a talk at a conference or by following me over on Instagram. But today, I want to tell you about my journey. And across this journey, I want to share with you the number one thing that I do when I meet any new client with autism. And it's an easy step to miss. So my journey into being a speech therapist and a board-certified behavior analyst started with my mom giving me a career test, believe it or not, my senior year of high school. I really did not know what I wanted to do with my life. And so my mom is a teacher and she was doing a course and she was teaching a course about careers and job placements. And so she gave me a test and I took this assessment and one of the jobs that came up was speech therapist. I didn't know what a speech therapist was because I did not have speech therapy growing up and I didn't know anybody that had worked with a speech therapist, but we did have a family friend who was a speech therapist and she was maybe, I don't know, 10 years older than me. So she was a treating speech therapist. So in my freshman year of college, 
I observed her and I shadowed her for a day. And it was such an amazing day. I'll never forget. We did all kinds of things. We went to a school where she worked with school-age students with autism. We went to a nursing home. She did some home health. And I thought, this is such a dynamic career where you can help people and it's fast-paced and It's science-based, but not a lot of math, which is good for me. And I just knew from that moment that that was going to be my major. And I never, ever looked back. I declared my major right when I started college and have loved the profession ever since. I went on to become a speech therapist. I had an amazing graduate student placement. We call it student teaching. You're working with a school-based speech therapist. And so I was working with a speech therapist in my area. I observed her at first and I eventually took over her caseload. And she had a lot of students who had pretty moderate to severe autism. I loved working with all the students that I worked with during that time in graduate school, but I really, really loved working with students with autism. This speech therapist had such a great plan for how to work with students. We would use adapted books. I was using Boardmaker to make picture books about community helpers and trying to do group lessons and one-on-one teaching. And she was such an amazing mentor about how to make my sessions fun, what to work on with students that were functional. And I really, really had an amazing opportunity in graduate school to experience working with students with autism. When I got my first job, I was working in a public school program and that was for one year. And then they had a big crisis in their budget. And so it was really a blessing in disguise because it catapulted me into this journey of working with students with autism. So my second year, year of being a speech therapist, I took a position in a non-public program. So this was a program here in the Cleveland area, and it was an ABA-type program for students who had very severe autism and experienced behavioral barriers to their learning. And this is where I really started to learn about using applied behavior analysis to help students increase their communication skills. And I was absolutely amazed by a lot of the students that I worked with when we worked on language in a very systematic way, they were learning. And these were students that were oftentimes in advanced age. These were students that I remember One student wasn't even on my caseload, was on my friends, but he was around 18 years of age. When he started at this school, he had no way to communicate except for using problem behavior that was dangerous to himself and others in his environment. And together, my colleague worked with her as a speech therapist, and we would do groups and all those types of things with special education teachers and OTs and BCBAs, and she was able to help this student at the age of 18 use a static device, meaning that when he pressed one button, it would say one thing and another button said another thing. And she was able to teach him to request things that he really loved and enjoyed. We would do things like get food from the cafeteria and do a luncheon. We would do things like take walks out on the grounds of the where the school was at. And he was able to use his device for the first time at the age of 18. And while that really inspired me to want to (laughs) spread the message that 
all students can find their voice no matter the age, that all students can communicate with the world. It inspired me to want to share that and to use those strategies with other students. On the other hand, it also made me feel really sad. It made me feel sad that this student went through life for 18 years without a way to communicate with the world. And I knew from that time, I worked in that placement for three years, I knew that that put me on a trajectory to help students with autism, to help students with autism who are hard to help. That's definitely what I'm most passionate about is helping students who are not able to learn the way that we learn in graduate school. We learn different strategies in graduate school to work on joint attention and to work with emerging communicators, but some students don't respond to what we've learned. And so we need to learn new things. I remember that I had an outpatient at that same facility and it was a younger patient and he would come for outpatient services and I would work with him and I remember feeling extremely nervous and this student I think was three years old and here I am in my 20s, but this three-year-old made me super nervous because I never knew how this student was going to respond when I went to get him in the waiting room. Oftentimes he would come back with me, but then during the session, he wouldn't want to engage with any of the items that I had. He would cry. He was upset and I wasn't sure how to reach that student. It made me feel really defeated and frustrated too because I reached out and asked mentors and colleagues, what do I do with this student? How do I help this student communicate? And I really did not get any specific answers. And so I remember that feeling of wanting to do better and not having a lot of resources at the time. I mean, this was almost 20 years ago. So there weren't as many resources out there now. I don't think podcasts exist back then. There weren't as many online ways to learn about things. And people just were not talking about how to reach these students. I remember when I first started in public speaking about autism, that the rate of autism was one in 200 and something. And now it's one in 54 or something close to that number. I don't have it written down exactly, but the CDC says that that incidence rate has really changed. And so we as speech therapists are really going to encounter students like this on our caseload. And that's another major reason that I started this podcast because I don't want you to feel that way that I did back then. It was a great place. I love that. Fast track to, I got married, I moved to Austin, Texas, and I took the coolest job ever called Autism Facilitator and Support Specialist, where I was in essence kind of doing what I do now over at ABA Speech. I was talking about certain topics with speech therapists at monthly speech therapy meetings. It was a great group of speech therapists. I still am friends with a lot of those people today. There are about 40 speech therapists. So I would come on, I would go to the meeting, I would talk about a certain topic. And then the rest of the month, I would go out and I would visit and I would talk with speech therapists about implementing those strategies. It was such an amazing, amazing job. That's where I read Mary Barbera's Verbal Behavior Approach, the book. Love that. Mary is a friend and a colleague of mine now and really like a mentor to me. I read her book and it was like an aha moment. It was like, okay, I've learned about applied behavior analysis. I'm a speech therapist and now I'm learning about verbal behavior and I love it. It really helped me help my students in such a specific way. I also took my coursework to become a BCBA when I was down in Texas and my BCBA supervisor was Kelly Wood Rich, who owns the Central Texas Autism Center, which is a really dynamic facility down in Austin. 
I love my time down there. One of my favorite stories was, and the number one strategy that I wanted to share with you today is finding out what your students love and enjoy. That is the number one strategy when we're working with all students, but especially students with autism. I remember that I was asked to come out to see a new preschool student. The student had autism. The student was three, I believe, and was nonverbal, was not communicating. And so I remember that I came out and I was working with a speech therapist and we were just working on building rapport with the student. And I had this bag of toys and I had this little cat toy. And this student loved this cat toy so much. We played with it. You would touch the top of the cat's head and it would move about. And it was the cutest little toy. So fast track, couple weeks, come back out to see the student. The student sees me and he says, cat. And I thought, wow, that's so cool. He's requesting for the cat. He may not have remembered my name, which is completely fine. I didn't make a big deal about that. But he wanted to see me because I had taken time to find out what he loved and enjoyed, which is that number one strategy I wanted to share with you guys today. And he remembered that that was a fun toy to play with. I love, love, love that story because that was his way of embarking on becoming an emerging communicator is by working on requesting. I love my time down in Austin. We were there for three years and moved back to Ohio. We had a baby and we missed our family. So we moved back to Ohio and that's where I am now and where I reside. And I've always split my time between a public school setting and a non-public school setting. And I've done that for almost 18 years of my career. I just stopped working in a non-public school setting about a year ago when ABA speech just became too busy for me and I wasn't able to do that anymore. So now I work three days a week in a public school and then I work two days a week for ABA speech. So things like this podcast and I have a blog and I create educational materials and I do parent consults and I provide some private practice too. Don't have too much time for that, but I do love working with students as well. I have worked with so many different students students in the public school setting and non-public school settings. And really that number one thing that I shared with you today is finding out what a student loves and enjoys. That is really what's going to help our students start communicating because we can embed their favorite thing across communication modalities. We can work on requesting with that. We can start with pre-session pairing where we have these items available before the session to say, hey, this is going to be a fun session. Remember me, I'm the speech therapist who has things that you love and enjoy. And we are going to work on your communication skills so you know that your communication is powerful. I had a student I'll never forget right when I moved back to Ohio that I saw in a non-public school. He had no way to communicate. He was about 10 years of age. I would see him for two 30-minute sessions and we would he would sit across the table from me and he did not use pictures to communicate. He did not verbalize at all at the time. And he had no augmentative communication device. And it was tough. And he didn't seem to enjoy anything that I had in my therapy room. I would present him with different things. I was building rapport with him. One of the tools that I used and you can get on my blog is a preference assessment. A preference assessment is going to help us with that number one strategy I'm talking about today, finding out what your student loves and enjoys. And so with this student, I had a preference assessment and it had different ideas about things that are potential reinforcers that he may like. We did find out that the student really liked water balloons, 
looking at a mirror. He loved playing with a straw or anything that lit up. And we took those things after finding that out over months and working with the student, and we embedded those across his session. He was able to start using pictures. We transitioned to a device. He was able to learn how to play Modified Connect 4. I have some videos of him and some of my courses that I have on ABA Speech. He was able to go on a trip to Disney World with his family and his world really expanded once he was able to increase his communication skills and decrease some of his problem behavior. I have so many more stories that I could share with you and so many stories that I'm really excited to share with you in this journey of autism outreach. I remember what an aha moment it was for me when I started working at a non-public school and I started learning strategies about how to help the hardest to reach students. So if you're listening today and you're a professional and you're a speech therapist and you have students on your caseload who despite your best efforts still are not able to communicate on their own, I hope that you will subscribe and continue to tune in because what you will learn here at Autism Outreach are strategies that you can use tomorrow in your next therapy session. All of the things that I'm telling you and that I'll be doing interviews with other practitioners are things that we use in the trenches. I am out in the trenches. I am seeing students every single week. I am applying the strategies that I've learned into the natural environment and making communication and speech therapy functional for my students. And I'm beyond elated to be able to share them with you in this forum here at Autism Outreach. The number one strategy that I wanted to share with you today is to tell you why you should subscribe to the podcast so you don't ever miss an episode. Make sure that you submit a review. I would love to hear your feedback and I'm excited for you to be on this journey with me. The number one strategy that I shared today among telling you about the podcast and telling you about my journey of being a speech therapist and a board certified behavior analyst is to remember to find out what your student loves and enjoys and think about how you can embed that across your therapy sessions so that your student is learning that their communication is powerful and having fun in the process. For some students, it's hard to determine what they really enjoy. And so I often use a preference assessment. I have a favorite preference assessment that a colleague has created and she has allowed me to use it on my blog. So I will make sure to link that in the show notes. I also wanted to mention that I created the name Autism Outreach because it takes a team to help our students. Who makes up that team? Parents. Parents are such an integral part of the team. The student is an important part of the team. Private and public speech therapists, private and public occupational therapists, private and public board certified behavior analysts, special education and general education teachers, advocates, paraprofessionals, working together, we can make a difference in the lives of our students. And that will be a running theme in our podcast is that we are going to have different individuals on because it does take a team. And so we are all working on communication together as a group to help our students find their voice become independent communicators. I'm excited that you're here on this journey with me. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and leave a review. I always love hearing from you. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Autism Outreach. If you enjoyed the show today, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode full of actionable strategies you can use in your therapy room. 
write a review too. That would mean so much to me. I always love hearing from you. Have a specific topic that you want included on a future show? Reach out over on Instagram, ABA Speech by Rose, or visit me at www.abaspeech.org.